0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Random Retro Podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Zach, and the other host is Chris. What's up, Chris?
1: Hello, Zach. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining. Awesome to be here, as always, Zach, as we make our quick catch-up on Strange New Worlds for the episodes that we've missed, our kind of our sprint catch-up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're sprinting back into uh, into um, uh, real-time, I guess, here, right, with, with catching up on these episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I see. I see your your uh, your plant there is your best friend, giving you a little little shoulder oh, shoulder plant. shake. Yeah,
1: the plant is <laughs> my best friend. Yeah, this bamboo plant I like enjoy the plant. A little bit of greenery in the scene too. So yeah, <laughs> there good. you
0: go. I don't. The only greenery I have on is my sweatshirt. Oh, there you go. You, yeah, those of you listening, um, but yeah. So so welcome to Random Red Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in and uh, joining along with us as we do our episode by episode review of season two. If this is your first time watching or listening to the podcast. Thank you and be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram and follow us there for up-to-date information and the latest uh, episode announcements and celebrity guest interviews, which <laughs> it's going to be a little while. I think uh, what with the uh, the strikes going on and we we talked about that on our mm-hmm. last review and hope that, that that all gets settled and that the writers and, and actors get the compensation that they deserve. Um, also, Uh, If you are watching us on YouTube, not all of our episodes are posted here. You can go back and check out all of our podcast episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're listening to us, uh, there is a video version of this episode on YouTube. If you care to check that out, you're more than welcome to. Now, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, we are like five days out from Las Vegas Star Trek, and I will be there at the star Trek convention this year. I know Chris didn't look like you're able to make it this year, Uh, but uh, I I'm, I'm excited to go. I don't know what it's going to be like with the strike. I mean, there's been some people that have backed out, but still a lot of people are going. Um, And so we'll, we'll be curious to see what uh, you know, what actors and writers and so forth are, they're allowed to talk about and what they are. not And hopefully it'll still be a really good show. Uh, But if you are going to be at the 57 year mission, AKA the, the uh, Las Vegas star Trek convention, and you see me walking around, or you see you know me in the the re- the random red shirt podcast red t shirt. <laughs> uh, be sure to stop and say hi, and and let us know what you think of the show. We we absolutely love that, and appreciate all of you. Um, we're just two nerdy guys who like talking about all things Star Trek and Star Wars and everything in between, science fiction, a little bit of pop culture, all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, we're happy to do it. And if you don't like our content feel free to move on. That's all I can say. It's
1: totally okay. Yeah. There's, there's a whole whole bunch of content out there. So
0: yeah, there's lots of content. And and that's the thing. Like we started this podcast as a way to just share our thoughts and our feelings about whatever it is that we've watched or are watching or like our likes and dislikes. Um, They are our opinions and our opinions only. We know that not everybody's going to agree with our opinions and that's okay. You're welcome to have your opinions because opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody has one, right? So uh, with that being said, though, let's jump into Episode 7 of Strange New Worlds entitled Those Old Scientists, which is really funny. We'll talk about the connection with that a little bit at the very end because there's a reference to that at the very end of the episode. Uh, But this is a little bit of – well, not a little bit. This is very different, Chris, from uh, the Star Trek episodes that we're used to seeing
1: different and um, so notably directed by Jonathan Frakes so yeah. super happy that he's involved in directing you know we'd love to have him direct as many episodes as he likes to direct so super he's, happy did, that he's there yeah
0: he's a great actor right and uh, mm-hmm.
1: obviously Commander Riker he might be a better director
0: and that's saying something yeah I mean he's not- a phenomenal director and he's very phenomenal. um in demand in Hollywood to be for directing all sorts of shows
1: yeah indeed he directed some episodes of Picard the last season right season 3 I, I think believe. so uh,
0: yeah I think I think he directed one or a couple episodes I, I don't remember how many a couple episodes of uh, Picard season 3 yeah. yeah
1: yeah he has a great he, human touch I feel
0: yeah I can not remember he might have directed stuff in season 1 and 2 I think he's I think he directed huh. something in 1 and 2 as well okay. so he yeah he's a very in demand director and rightfully so he's fantastic yeah
1: now this episode did not have kirk in it so I know you had a chance to last one had Kirk now but this this one does not so yeah I think that's good. Yeah,
0: if you want to hear about my my rant <laughs> on on Kirk being in Strange New Worlds, go check out the last episode review we did of uh, Lost in Translation. Uh, and I will say it again, I'm not a Kirk hater. I love Kirk mm-hmm. like everybody else does. I just don't think it's right to have him in Strange New Worlds, let alone as often as we're getting him. We'll get to him eventually. Eventually, he's going to be the captain of the Enterprise. We know that. But if you want to hear my whole rant in its full detail and watch Chris listen to my rant, uh, <laughs> then uh, then go check out uh, our latest, uh, our last review, episode six review.
1: And did this remind you a little bit, um, so I know they weren't in this, the the animation and the live action wasn't in the same scene, but it did remind me a little bit of things like who Framed Roger Rabbit? Ah. Um, and you know, um, I think Enchanted was a was a movie too, a, another Disney movie in the over ten years ago, I think, if I get that movie correct. Mm. But I never saw that. Never saw that. But no. uh, okay, so that ra- reminded me of Who Framed Roger Rab- Rabbit right away, um, just with uh, you know, both having animation and live action in the same, uh, the same episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. This is um. This is definitely a crossover, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? We get animated with, uh, with live action. Um, the last significant crossover I would say, and maybe the most popular crossover that I'm aware of, I don't think Star Trek's had too many crossovers. Um, I, I, you could, you could consider a crossover with Star Trek generations a little bit, right. Um, with, with Kirk going into the Nexus and uh, everybody thought he died and then he pops up all of a sudden in the Nexus and Picard finds him and everything. Um, but I would say the most significant crossover that I can think of in the franchise would have been, what a surprise, Deep Space Nine, Trials and Tribulations. And it's it's incredibly popular. It's one of the most popular episodes of DS9 and probably one of the most popular episodes in the entire Star Trek franchise. So that's the one where I can think of the mo- the biggest crossover, Chris. I don't know if you have any particular episodes that you can remember. Maybe I'm forgetting that were, were crossover uh in the franchise
1: yeah and i do not have one that's coming to mind right away i i wanted to say enterprise maybe had had one but none of the episodes from Enterprise is is coming to my mind right now as a crossover um episode and voyager i wouldn't say had any because they're i mean there were they were in the different quadrant so the only thing
0: i yeah the only thing i could think of for crossovers Mm -hmm. in star trek would have been the beginning of ds9 when you got picard right and and cisco there together uh but they're the same effectively they're the same era they they, those seasons overlapped by a couple and then also the beginning of voyager when they're at deep space nine before they jet off and there's a crossover too again but those three shows all kind of span this very similar era Trek, whereas Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks do not.
1: I learned I learned about Lower Decks in this episode because I had not been watching um, Lower Decks yet. So this was the first time I had seen anything on Lower Decks. So this was the first time I was aware that, oh, Lower Decks actually takes place in the future. From Strange New Worlds.
0: Yeah, the lower decks is set approximately. Um, I think that it starts out in the year 2380, mm-hmm. one year after um, Star Trek Nemesis, and uh, so it it it's a hundred and what are we saying? A hundred and almost think, sixty yeah. year, yeah. almost one hundred and fifty some, almost one hundred and sixty years in the future from the where Strange New Worlds takes place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is the first time, though, in the franchise, as far as I'm aware where we have blended animation and live action. Again, not on the same screen, like you mentioned, like mm-hmm. like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but they have blended two shows into the same thing. And they didn't do that with the original series, animated series, the original series, yeah, TOS animated. Right. They didn't blend that with live action, obviously. So this is the first time that's happened. So several, couple firsts here, I would say, within the franchise.
1: Yeah. Innovative, for sure. Innovative. Yeah. Different,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's interesting that the the, the show opens up in it, the animated universe, right? We get uh, an opening uh, view of the USS Ceratos, mm-hmm. I think that's how you say it, um, which is a California class ship in Lower Decks. And we get that opening Lower Decks fashion with uh, Boimler nerding out over, you know, some random thing. Um, and there's Federation history attached, and he's being made fun of for that. I'll be honest, <laughs> I have only seen like the first two episodes of Lower Decks, and every Trek fan that I know, especially my friends who are Trek fans, give me so much grief about it because like I can't believe you haven't seen it. It's like the greatest Star Trek show, one of the greatest there is. It's so great. I I, I get that. I just haven't I just haven't watched it yet. I, I've just had too many other things, and I think I will get to it eventually. I've heard nothing but good things about it um when it first came out i'll be honest i wasn't impressed and i just it didn't really appeal to me i don't know if it appealed to you chris when it first came out or if it even if it does now but it was just not really up my alley but i'm I'm definitely willing to give it a chance i need to watch at least the first season and then make a decision from there
1: when it when i knew that it first came out i mean i thought oh that's interesting but it didn't really strike me as something i was going out to seek and watch um yeah you know it was more definitely more of Picard that held my interest just because that was something i loved right that was Picard right was a character i loved tng was something i loved so that is what i sought out to watch Strange new World, strange new worlds because um it was such a fantastic first season um that was something i sought out to watch too the lower decks the prodigy um the discovery uh discovery you know i watched a little bit at the beginning but then i really late tapered off but those were ones that no i didn't I, I didn't seek out to watch those the other ones held my attention more um and so part of um, um maybe what i'm nervous about on star trek and maybe this won't be a problem but what is uh oversaturation of mm-hmm. of uh too many things that are, are star trek because we you know I, particularly you and i we only have so much uh time that yeah. you know or, or only so much or, bandwidth right <laughs> that we can go out and, and seek and watch so so certainly the ones that we want to go out are the ones that we're really interested in. So, um, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, Lower, lower Decks, it looks peaked peaked by interest in this crossover episode um, a bit. So you know, we'll, we'll see if I if I get time to to come and watch it um, in my spare time.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah I, I I would like to get to it eventually. I, I think you made a good point there, Chris. We've talked about this with Star Wars, right? Yeah. And oversight. Saturation and the amount of content they're making, and I would I would argue, and I think we've talked about this before, that Star Wars has already gotten to that point, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. have they have they have flooded the market, quote unquote, with Star Wars shows. Thinking, oh, they want they they just want content. Fans just want content. So the more content we make, the happier they will be. And that's just not true because I think, to me, I'm very very big on quality over quantity. Yeah, I would rather have good quality stuff than just average stuff right a bunch of average stuff um star wars did that i think book of Bubba fett had a massive potential and i thought it was i mean you go back and listen to our reviews yeah. i don't i don't think we were doing video at that time um but it, i i just was not impressed with that show at all and i had really high hopes for it because i'm a huge bubble fed fan um i thought obi-wan was decent but it, there was certainly a lot more room that they could have done things and I, I think there was things they could have done much better, so it wasn't as good as I had hoped for. Although better than Book of Boba Fett and so forth, right? And just as on right. and on, Mandalorian, uh, season three was uh, it wasn't as good as the first. It was just so so, yeah, you know. And so with Star Trek, uh, you know, growing up, I mean, we didn't have all of this Trek, right? Growing up, it was the original series TNG, and then DS9 and Voyager came along, and then eventually Enterprise. As far as the legacy stuff goes. Um, Star Wars, when you and I were growing up, we, we just had the original trilogy. That was it. It was nothing yeah. else. And let, if you wanted other stuff, you had to go read books, right? Right, right, exactly. And So, yeah, with Star Trek, I, I, I think you're you made a really good point there, Chris. Sometimes less is more. We know Star Trek prodigy got canceled, although there's there's talks that they are trying to find another place to get this, to continue that another another studio or whatever to keep keep it going, um, but. You know, we've we've had at the same time Discovery, Prodigy, Lower Decks, um, and Picard. We're all going at the same time, as far as like shows in you know that are new and in the running.
1: Yeah, Um, all at the same. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, what um, I'm a little bit nervous about is if there if there happens to be a Star Trek show where it's something we look forward to, but to come to understand or to fully appreciate something about that show, then you will have had to watch something that both you and I have not seen yet, right? So may- maybe they'll bring in, maybe there's something in Lower Decks, something in Discovery, something somewhere else that, hey, to fully appreciate this, whatever new possible series that might be, you know, we should have gone back and, and watched that. Yeah. So where um, hoping that doesn't happen, you know.
0: Yeah, I I, I would agree. I mean, we, we're also getting, eventually, it's already been announced a while ago now, that they're making a star Trek section 31 movie with Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. So I know we talked about that. I don't know if Paramount is listening to our podcast because <laughs> they, seems like they stole that idea we had Chris for that section 31 show and only they're doing a movie. Right. Uh, so hopefully we'll get our royalties, but anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so this was a very interesting episode. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of give our overall thoughts at the end here as we work through this. Um, but yeah, so, so the the the, the USS Cer- Cerritos, um I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, uh, arrives at this planet. And they beam down, and they find this old portal thingy, mm-hmm. and yeah. they disagree whether the portal was discovered by the Enterprise or Orion scientists, because you know they're all pirates. Uh, t- <laughs> ten, so so one of the characters I learned from this, one of the characters in Lower Decks is a character named Tendi and Tendi is an Orion but she's a scientist and of mm. course prior I would say prior to Lower Decks we've only ever known Orions as pirates right there you 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 see the Orion syndicate um very heavily very heavily in enterprise we get to see a lot of the Orions in enterprise yeah and so you we they kind of built that idea right of you know, uh, the Syndicate, the original series, of course, is the first one to introduce us to the Orions. We have the ever-classic Orion slave girls, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the the green painted skin and everything like that. And so then we get more Orions than Enterprise. I don't I don't remember if Orions are mentioned in TNG, DS9, or Voyager. I don't remember off the top of my head.
1: But- I don't recall yep seeing any Orions in TNG.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. But but they're heavily in in Enterprise. Enterprise builds up that kind of lore of of Orion. So Tendi uh is an Orion scientist. And so that's why they argue like, "Oh, was it the Enterprise or Orion scientists?" um because, you know, they weren't all pirates as as uh, as they remind him. And um Ensign Boimler expresses this uh, desire to visit the past. Yeah. And all of all of a sudden the portal opens up and he fall gets sucked into the portal and he finds himself transported still on the same planet. But now instead of being animated, now he's live action. And what's cool is the the voice actors for Ensign Boimler and um the other character, and I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head.
1: Uh, Mar- Mariner? Something Mar- Mariner, like that. Yep. Mariner yep. yeah.
0: Mariner, yeah. Uh, they're the same ones who play them in in the live action version in this episode.
1: That's cool. I was wondering the same thing. I know their voices were similar, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, because apparently uh, when they were cast, it just so happened that they kind of looked like the animated characters they play, (laughs) which doesn't always happen. In fact, I would say a lot of times that's not the case when you talk about voice actors and looking like what they're voicing, right? Um, You know, I don't... Tim Allen doesn't look like Buzz Lightyear. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't really think Tom Hanks looks like Woody, so they don't really look like their characters, but it just so happens the act, the voice actors for these, these two characters, um, do look a lot like their, their, uh, animated characters, which make, which makes it kind of funny then that they are playing themselves, so to speak in the live action version.
1: I liked how like when they, when they came to the past and then they're in live action, like the cadence of their speech was still like very, very fast like their expressions and how they acted you know it was yeah. all it was all like quick all all fast all fast reactions it was like they were on um turbo yeah <laughs> like well even fun. the way yeah.
0: even the way um in the live action even the way Boimler runs is just like kind of in in the car oh. so I thought that was really good that the voice actors took mannerisms took um voice inflections and everything like that and and kept that with the live action versions because that is their character they may be animated in strange in um lower decks but it's still you know yeah it's still cool to see that they did that i thought that was that was a good touch whether that was their decision or the or the, or the uh the director you know creators whatever i thought that was great <laughs> um but so he so so boimler falls through the the portal and ends up at the feet of people he's looked up to for his whole life right captain pike's there uh lawns there and i believe spock is there i think those are yeah. there. no or maybe is it is it una spock and pike no it is it's it's lawn pike and spock i'm pretty sure it's those three yeah yeah lawn spike and Pock. i just <laughs> <laughs> i just pulled a seven of seven of moms oh, nine. She's, gonna
1: she's gonna be there she's gonna be there at the convention yeah so,
0: you... so no she's not anymore oh okay not anymore yeah she backed out uh yeah i i just combined spock and pike into spike just so if that well, ever never,
1: so whenever they're in the same scene we say this is a spike scene that'll, that'll make it
0: uh, uh, uh okay for those of you horse. watching those of you watching no friggin' snarky comments about me messing up the name i am paying attention don't worry <laughs> so <laughs> all right but uh very interesting because so Bo- Boimler is traveling from the future mm-hmm. and yeah. so this is this is a crossover episode but it's also a time travel episode
1: another and time travel episode
0: yeah another time yeah we had another time travel episode earlier this season with tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow with yeah. Lon and and uh and kirk <laughs> um so yeah with with somebody coming from the future chris this this there's another opportunity here for something bad to happen right
1: yeah yeah for sure so i i like it was funny when they Bring Boimer up to the Enterprise, right? And so I, I think at that time he meets Pike, and he looks over and he sees Pike, and I think he pokes him because he doesn't think he's real or something like yeah. that. He pokes him, and goes, "Oh, you're real," and so that was great. And Pike Pike introduces him to uh, Una at that time, and you see that expression on Boimer's Boimer's face. He says nothing, but he looks like terrified, and uh, Una is just like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. yeah
0: i think it doesn't he say something like am i dreaming or was this a dream or i think he even sends like says like computer end program because he thinks he's on the hall oh yes which, yeah which back in pike's time i don't think they had holodecks as far as i'm aware toss never had holodecks um i know the first what i loved even though the episode itself is terrible in enterprise uh you remember the episode where where um where uh, uh, Tri- Trip gets pregnant and has like the nipples on his arm yeah. and from from sticking his fingers
1: and blowing
0: marbles with, the, with the alien, yeah. yeah, the bowl of rocks. um, And that woman, that, that, that alien race that he went over to help fix their ship had basically the first version of a holodeck that any human had ever seen. Yep, and it was is. so real. So while they've seen it, I don't believe holodecks are on board Federation ships at this particular time in the timeline.
1: That's right. They are not. No. They are not. But they do have like a gym. Pretty sure they have a gym in the Enterprise because they're yeah, always boxing. Out there. Area, yeah. yeah, Yeah. it's true. Yeah, so what happens after that? So they're in the, they're, they're in the sick bay. I think he gets to meet different people. Uh, Boimer gets to meet yep. different people on, on the ship. So that's cool. Yeah.
0: And, and we're going to face a, a little bit of a dilemma here, Chris, because yeah. as you know, somebody in the past travels back in time. He, they could screw up the history by j- just being there changes history yeah right? so we get that that the time the time paradox right the, the stuff we, we all love from things like terminator and all these other shows oh, and yeah. movies and things over the years that we have seen that um uh you know are a constant reminder of the dangers of time travel and so he, the dangers of time tra- travel are present here
1: he has a scene with leon i believe right and he's going he does. Over, yeah he's he and leon are walking and he's going over the, um, those kind of rules of time, time travel. He had one and two, and then I think she said something like a third one, and she said, um, yeah, don't get attached. The temporal protocols is what yeah. they were, right? Did you get the feeling like he went over the temporal protocols, and it seemed like both he and Leon were both aware of the same temporal protocols, except for the one uh, the additional one that Leon said? Now, I've only yeah. watched that scene once, but that's, that's what I felt um, when I saw that um that's right leon's addition because it's
0: her kind of her own addition
1: yeah and if you think
0: and 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 why do you think that is because she formed an attachment to an alternate universe kirk right in tomorrow and tomorrow tomorrow so she's kind of added her own personal one to that that he hasn't heard of obviously so and that that makes sense though right it's a reference back to just a few episodes ago
1: yep yep it does um he meets uhura pretty soon after i believe uh because he's just hanging out in one of the rooms and he sees Uhura and he says, Oh, are you like, who are you? Like, are you Uhura? And so that kind of blows his mind. Cause I think at the beginning of the episode, he was uh, he Uhura's like one of his heroes. I guess Uhura is a hero, Spock's a hero. Um, and he was talking to his friend Mariner about that at the beginning. So um that that was that was pretty cool to see, I think. And and it's yeah, so this paints an interesting picture because yeah, at the
0: beginning of this episode. They're having that discussion, right? And there's a, there's a note in there where Mariner mentions that Uhura is known for her ability to enjoy life and not be on duty all the time. But we have learned from the last episode, Lost in Translation, that, and other ones too, that Uhura is actually a bit of a workaholic, right? And, and I think that kind of goes back to what you actually mentioned before, Chris, where uh, Uhura's need to prove herself. Mm-hmm. Right, and and the the relationship with with um with Hemmer and the mentorship that was there, and and her kind of maybe not feeling confident, right? She's this cadet who's on this like tour to learn, and before she's you know obviously becomes an ensign, uh, and, and Hemmer is there to kind of mentor her and help her through that, and help and helps give her the confidence that she needs to be this amazing, you know, linguist and and translator, um, and communications officer. Uh, And so that's important, but 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 it it denotes something. And we learn this as this episode goes on, it denotes that history isn't always accurate when it comes to the knowledge about people. Right. Like we have people throughout history, um, whether it's, you know, for us, U.S. history or or just human history where history paints one picture. But then sometimes researchers learn things where they're like, oh, well, maybe they weren't exactly the way. That history remembers them Mm -hmm. and so i think this is one of those 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 ways right like we're going to learn that as this episode goes on that uhura is not exactly the way mariner thinks that she is
1: yeah that's right and there there was also with uh boimer's knowledge about spock too right so spock behaves quite different than boimer expects because in, in this episode spock you know, smiles, but Boehmer makes it a point to when, when that happens. And when Boehmer observes, uh, you know, Spock smiling, he makes it a point to share that with Nurse Chapel and say something's wrong. And hey, all of the books that I've ever read about Spock and all of the great things that he's done, he's, it's never said that he smiles and he's always been so, so very, very um, serious and he never laughs. Um, So, I, you know, I found that kind of like, oh, okay, that's, that's interesting. That's Boimer's understanding from reading the books about Spock, but, you know, but he took that and then took it into the conversation with Nurse Chapel and Nurse Chapel's kind of mortified by this, like, like, uh, yeah, she was, right. She was, she was like, oh my gosh, like what's happening. But he's saying, oh, Spock's all wrong. Mm. You know, that was, I know they're doing it for that, for the story, but you know, he's, that's a that is a leap to go to go from that. Everything I know about Spock is he's so serious and he doesn't laugh. And that's why he does all the great things he does in my time. And so he's wrong. So poor nurse yeah, chapel in that scene, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, nurse chapel. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. Uh th- this season and, and and when we talk about our review of Under the Cloak of War, I think is the name of the next episode. Mm -hmm. um that's out that's out now at the time that's recording um and and we'll be we'll be we'll be reviewing that one here very soon as well and that'll be out very soon as well if you include that episode i'm telling you what they put your girl through the ringer this season emotionally mentally physically she's been i mean think about all the stuff she's gone through up to this point in this episode and just wait until the next till till uh you know the next episode but I mean, they've really put her through the ringer this season.
1: I know she's so, skilled. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it it, it doesn't surprise me that, that uh, Ens- Ensign Boimler's comment about Spock kind of, kind of gets to her. Look what she went through with, with Spock turning fully human and then trying to save him. And she liked the way he was, you know, and all this stuff. And, but then she, she changed him back uh, in that, in the episode charades and, all the stuff that that went on when he was, you know, he has a fiance, but she has feelings for, I mean, she's been through a lot, a lot. So it doesn't surprise me that everything she's been through, the the kind of effect this has on her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, for sure. So he gets to work. I mean, he gets to work with Spock, his idol a little bit. So that's good where he gets to, um, you know, learn about them. And um, eventually in this episode, and I can't remember quite why, but there is, another Orion ship or there's an Orion ship that shows up Mm -hmm. to orbit the planet and is also interested in the portal. um, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. They actually hijack the portal or take the portal.
0: They do. Yep. Well, it's interesting that, um, you know, there, there, there is this, um, this uh, assumption by the enterprise crew that when Orion show up, they're pirates. Yeah. Right. And so Boeum was on the bridge, and he's like, Well, actually, not all Orions are pirates because and then they have this one of his friends in the show, right? The the character that we had mentioned earlier, um, that's a part of the crew. Uh
1: that's right. Here's Orion shipmate.
0: Yeah, Orion shipmate. Uh, she is an officer in the Federation in Starfleet, I should say. Um, and you know it's it's important that they understand that hey you know you have these presuppositions tendy is her name um and just because they're Orion doesn't mean they're all pirates so they have a little bit of a presupposition against the orions um but they've never i think think even pike even says like i've never met an orion scientist before or something like that like the only interactions they've had are with pirates
1: yeah he kind of takes the ensigns i guess word for it at at that point leads to some trouble but he does take the ensign's word for it at that point um what did you think about the scene where boy so there's boimer and he's in he's in 10 forwarders in the bar he's relaxing and then there's chapel and ortegas kind of they sit next to him like really cozy and comfortable like and they're asking him about the future um he kind of you know he goofs up they're asking him inviting him to movie night too which was I i thought cute but he, he he goofs up and he says, oh, well, uh, you know, he talks about Pike's birthday and he goes, oh, well, uh, and they, they ask him, how do you know it's Pike's birthday? And he's, he's like, well, in the future, you know, Captain Pike's birthday is a holiday. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like oh, yeah. So I, thought, I thought it was but, but But think about that, Chris. Put, yeah. put yourself
0: in, in Ensign Boimler's role. Yeah. You, you travel back in time and you have all this knowledge of what's to come and everything you know is just common knowledge because it, in your era all this has already happened but in mm-hmm. their era it hasn't happened and like for example imagine traveling let's say so they they go back and boiler goes back what about a, let's say let's just say for round numbers i know it's not exactly right but for round numbers let's say he goes back 160 years right yeah. we're just going to round up so go back 160 years from now right you're looking at what 2023 1923 you're looking at what? like the 1860s ish 1860s, 1870s, just like post World, uh, post Civil War. Imagine how much you know about everything that has happened since then that none of them know about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, it would be really hard to just be having a normal conversation, be talking about stuff, going, "Oh, this is common knowledge." Oh, wait, just kidding. It it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. They don't know and.
1: Ortega's comment was cool, like, "Hey, do you have do you have jetpacks?" <laughs> and I think Chapel's like, "We already have jetpacks." Ortega's like, "Well, wouldn't they have smaller jetpacks?" Yeah. Good, yeah. That was, and that she's was a funny. she's a war hero, right? Apparently, which makes sense.
0: Yeah, she. Yeah, we learn. I don't think we. I don't know if we knew this before. We we maybe we did, but we learned that. Yeah, she was. She she had played a a significant role of some kind in yeah. the, the Klingon War. So yeah, we know we know she's a war hero. Um and it's very interesting. Uh you know th- this 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 joke that he makes about Spock and how it affects Chapel. Yeah. Um and and he, and I think what hits her is that she realizes that this telling of who Spock is in his time doesn't involve her. Yeah. And so she thinks, well, I mean what 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 is that mean for my future with spock and you know everything like that so it's very very interesting um but also interesting uh as we continue on in the episode he you know boyman already knows what's going to happen to the other characters Um, yeah we 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 know too to a certain extent what's going to happen to them uh just because we know what's going to happen later on as with kirk as enterprise and and obviously uh pike already knows what's going to happen to himself based on seeing the future uh, but but it obviously affects the relationship. Uh, I, I I thought Chapel's line to, to Boimler in the in the turbo lift was a, a little bit of heartbreaking where she where she mentions, you know, um, or well, oh, yeah. she assumes that based on what he says, right, that that it won't last what's going on with her and Pi- and, and and Spock will not last unless there's some type of change, right to the yeah. to, to future events. And she even says, I never assumed that I would get to influence him forever. Yeah. That was a little bit heartbreaking. I saw that and I immediately thought of you. I was like, oh, man, this is, this is, this is heartbreaking a little bit, you know? And, and you could tell she's fighting back the tears. Um, but it, it's the time. It's the whole paradox thing, right? If we could see our future, our future would change. Because, of course, we would see things and go, oh, I, I I don't want something like this to happen, so I'm going to do something differently. Yeah. And it's that whole paradox. And so, you know, Doc Brown says, no one should know too much about their own future. Yeah. Or their own destiny. So very interesting. Um, Ooh. But there is some... Uh, so some future tech is used by Boimer in order to help the enterprise track the Orions because they 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 can't normally. And he's like, oh, I know how to do that. But I think he says something in effect, like I could do it if you don't watch. And I thought that was pretty oh, funny. Yeah. yeah so
1: they because... all like
0: they turn around and face right. the other way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who says it? Who's, who says it was either Una or Pike I was like, can we do that? And I think, and a... I think pa- yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And they do it. That was yeah. cute. That was cute. Pike, so... Pike
0: was like, yeah, we're going to go with that or something. Something in effect. And they look the other way and um Boimler's like you know f- f- you gotta find a way to be peaceful and you, this that and the other and he's like you know do what you're known for it's like diplomacy and empathy and forgiveness and everything and, and great hair
1: <laughs> Just- yeah and Pike's Pike's like completely he doesn't know he's good at diplomacy but he's like well I guess we're gonna find out if I'm really that if diplomacy is one of my strengths I like Boimer um, he was like under the cabinets like putting together cables right so yeah. uh, when he was doing that, so that was good, and they they talk about the communicator that Boimer had, I think mm-hmm. at, at one point too, um, saying hey, his um his badge is also a communicator, and uh, so that was, good.
0: yeah. There was some line there too about how, uh, they're like yeah, but it it doesn't even open up whatever. And I think was it, was it Pike that says like but flipping it opens the best part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's a little it's a little bit of 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 strange new worlds not taking itself too seriously right and being yeah. able to, to to you know kind of poke itself a little bit and 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 make some jokes at its own expense right some self deprecating jokes, which I think is funny I think I think it's well played I always um, love that yeah yeah so so Pike is able to negotiate uh the return of the portal from the Orion scientists now they're able to get Boimler home you'd think uh, uh and did you notice the Easter eggs that were dropped once they go through and discover what they need? I think there there's, there's some discussion at the table. Um, there was some good Easter eggs there that we'll get to in a minute, but um, unfortunately they, they, they get what they need. They go down and they get the portal to open. They, they, I guess they said, there was just enough of the material uh, left in it to do one more trip. Mm-hmm. They take him back down. And then unfortunately for him, Mariner comes traveling to the portal and joins them and then they're like, Oh, uh, well, now you're both stuck here.
1: Just at that time. And I like I like Pike the expression on Pike's face. He opens up his his communicator and he says, five the beam up. Yeah. A resigned kind of uh statement right there. And then yeah, she comes like a, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. And Mariner is just uh she's a bundle of energy. So she's turbo like all the way. So that was, so that that was nice. But yeah, so
0: yeah. uh, I, I, Mariner doesn't seem to have a problem with with the time travel thing. Um, but I, it, it, she makes it very well known that she's a big Uhura fan, right? I think she even asked, like, yeah, "Is Uhura yeah. here? Like, where's Are you Uhura? Like, where, where's the Uhura at?" Uh, but unfortunately, that just means that the the that there's more trouble on the horizon for the Enterprise crew <laughs> as they now have two stranded time travelers from the future, and so. Um, after some decisions are made, Boimler goes off with Spock to help him uh and um Mariner gets to hang out with Uhura, which is a big deal for her yeah so so um Boimler and Mariner i think Mariners when that comes up, comes up the idea like to to uh make their own um material I can't remember what what they call the name of that material yeah, that they need
1: started with an h
0: like. yeah, something. I, I wish w- I would have wrote I wish I would have w- wrote it down. I literally just watched this episode earlier today. It's yeah. kind of sad. Like meridian
1: uh, or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they need to make this material. And they come up with the idea to 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 synthesize the material. So Boimler goes off with Spock to help make that. Mariner goes and hangs out with Uhura. And um mariner you can tell it's mariner's meaning like a hero of hers right because she's just fangirling all over uhura and uhura that kind of makes uhura like oh what's going on like how am i and she's kind of talking about how uhura is going to be and uhura is just getting really stressed out and going oh my gosh like you know like how am i supposed to become this great person and blah 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 and getting really stressed and everything and um so apparently, uh, the, uh, as Mariner was, would suggest, because this is how her character is, I guess, she's like, "Oh, Uhura, let's go take a break. We need to." Yeah. She she quotes some Starfleet code about how officers are supposed to take regular food breaks and stuff like that, and she says, "Yeah, hey, let's go slack off, basically." Um, and so they go into the the ten forward bar area. They're joined by Ortegas. They. Have some drinks called Orion Hurricanes, which I don't think that's a drink that's ever been mentioned in Star Trek before. <laughs> and uh, but that's where taking a couple of minutes right to decompress and relax a little bit, Uhura figures out that the symbols on the portal are actually an ancient dialect of none other than the Nausikans, and they oh, even mention right. they even yeah. mention Domjot, which is a yes. game that. They love to bet on, and they never aren't very good at apparently. But that's also the game that a young Picard at the Academy was playing and or betting on with the Nausikens when he gets stabbed to the heart. That's right. The Q I shows, remember that? Yeah, I they're do. playing Domjot.
1: I totally forgot about um, this this scene in the episode, actually. But you're right. Yeah, the Nausikens and Domjot and Ortega is there. And Ortega is the one that's that says, hey, you got to um, learn to value your your time off as much as you can because you don't have as much time off as you think you are so but that's good that that refreshed uhura's mind to be able to make that connection
0: yeah nice yeah Yeah. so then we then we fast forward and we see we see Boynler with uh with spock trying to figure everything out
1: yeah and they make some explosions (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) trying to make that element right i think they're trying to make the element and they make some explosions i earlier spock said something like yeah i In theory i think we could make this um but we have to be careful or else we might like blow up half of the ship so or a hand or hand yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, that so that's good and then boimer and spock uh because spock brings it up to boimer i think spock says hey you know it seems like you had a conversation with nurse chapel uh about me and about how i am and, and me trying to figure out uh the human emotions and it seems like uh this isn't like there's no mention of this like in the future um so you know logic dictates i'm not supposed to be like this if i'm if i'm supposed to make certain certain accomplishments in the future so you know another kind of comfort another conversation similar to one the boimer had with nurse chapel so but you know spock smiles were kind of goofy right there in the episode so for yeah. for sure they were a little bit out of place so we'll see what happens
0: yeah i um there's a very interesting quote Mm -hmm. made here in the next scene with um i think it's with mariner and or no it's boimler and um uh pelia right Mm -hmm. and he's down with her in engineering she makes an interesting quote that kind of gives him a kind of a pep talk right and because you know she talked about how she's been alive for thousands of years so that's kind of there's our kind of timeline for her as a lanthanite Mm -hmm. but she mentions that when she says most heroes are pretending half the time meaning that we make certain people out in history to be these huge huge figures that no one could ever live up to and she mentions that heroes are you know maybe they're not this big larger than life person that we make them out to be and that history sometimes builds people up to be bigger and you know different i mean i mean as the more we learn about history a lot of times the more we learn that people aren't as larger than life that we think they are and they say never meet your heroes like think about this right okay okay so let's say i mean picks anybody you want in history and you meet them and a lot of times it's not what you thought it would be. And maybe they would let you, they might let you down. They may not be this person because you're going to have this pent up image and idea of somebody in your head. But then when you meet them, you go, oh, well, wow, really, they really weren't like what I thought they were going to be like. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing here a little bit, right? That maybe Boimler's is kind of going through that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Now, was it, uh, I've only seen this scene once and I'm so happy that you you brought this up again with Palia uh and i don't think i'm making this up but if i but if i'm totally making this up you know stop me because i'm pulling this from my brain i think it was paleo that said said this which she said most heroes are pretending most of the time uh to be who they want to be until they until they become them it was it was something like it was something like that that. yeah yeah it's it's the
0: the the scene is really it's it's a I think some of the best, the maybe the best line she's had so far in the season.
1: Yeah, and and props, you know, oh, whoever crafted that line, it was beautiful, and that stood out. Right? Yeah. So that was just such a beautiful, simple line.
0: Yeah, but I I would I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I want to use that. So. Sometime. Yeah. So 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 Ensign Boimler mm-hmm. joins Mariner on the shuttle, and because they're going to try to go steal the shuttle or take the shuttle away and try to go catch up to the Orions and get the grain back that Pike traded. And, um, unfortunately for them, lawn busts them before they can take <laughs> off and they go to, they go to Pike's quarters. And, um, but it, he, he's, he, Pike was angry at first. And then, and then when, when Ensign Boimler says or Mariner notes that, Oh yeah, Boimler once dressed up for you as hell ha- on Halloween.
1: How's a, yeah. How would that make him feel? Well, he already felt like he 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 felt taken with them because it was like, well, wow, they were saying all those positive things about me, you know, and uh, just made me made me feel like my future wasn't all that bad, you know. So he was he felt that way. So yeah, completely. Annoying. And he's not, and 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 and
0: Pike's not very happy that Oemler has tried to convince them to throw him a surprise birthday party <laughs> because I think Pike mentions he wants to go to was it Setlick two. Uh-huh. moon of set two or something like that and go to this this cabin and you know i go ice fishing whatever be by himself and just kind of reflect and wimler's like well you know and so pike tells this kind of heartbreaking story about his dad they didn't get along they fought he in fact he really hated him at one point point. and then pike's father dies and he didn't really get to have another conversation with him and uh you know boimler mentions that you know you didn't get to have that conversation with your dad, but but what if there's members of this crew who want who who would want one more opportunity or one more conversation with you? Mm-hmm. And I think that really changes Pike's you know view of things as opposed to kind of an inward approach. Now he's thinking about those around him a little bit more and it it really changes, I think the way that Pike looks at Ensign Boimler. Maybe Pike's years are a little more limited than he thinks, and or that he, he feels, and you know it's it's important to spend quality time with people, with friends, with family, uh, yeah. because you never know when you're going to get that again. Yeah. Um, but I do love the reference to what helped solve the issue of getting Ensign boymler
1: and Mariner home.
0: Uh, There's a mention of another ship from another show, Chris. Did you catch that?
1: No, I I'm not gonna catch this. This is where I, I uh I'm totally, I think I missed it in the episode. But another show, another ship. Yeah. So what which one was that one?
0: So they talk about needing this alloy, right, to fire it yeah. up again. And they don't know how to get it. They they didn't make it. Uh but the way to get it. They they figure out was, hey, you know, and I don't I think this is new for Star Trek. I don't think it's ever mentioned before, but apparently when a new ship is christened, they take the an older ship with the same name and they take a piece of it as like kind of like the first piece of the new ship. yeah And they discover there's some material somewhere hidden on Enterprise from the NX-01 and actually Captain Archer is mentioned. Oh and the NXO1 Enterprise is mentioned. And a matter of fact, so they, they go down to engineering, right? There's a, they yeah. go down to engineering, they take up this piece, and Pelly's like, hey, I walked there or whatever. And they're in engineering, they, t- they they open up this thing, and there's this canister inside the of the ground. Because obviously, you know, Ensign Boynler knows this because he knows all this stuff, right? From the future and has all the manuals and everything. So he knows where it's at. And they start talking about enter enterprise characters so lieutenant ortegas mentions about how much she she loved um uh uh ensign mayweather because he flew the ship and he was so good at it and everything and yeah she says like yeah my i think it was like my high school gymnasium was named after him and then you you have uhura (laughs) talking about like geeking out about um uh uh ensign hoshi Oh she could speak eighty six languages or whatever it was, and she was so awesome and aspire to be like her and everything and just as it was such a great, great East well It wasn't quite an Easter egg it was pretty it was pretty obvious what they were talking yeah. about, but it was a great mention that call back to enterprise and some of those crew members I just thought was such a a a, a, a nice touch because that would have been the enterprise before this, right the n x o one so I thought that was that was really fantastic,
1: yeah, excellent, excellent, yeah. Yeah. Now, oh, now that you mentioned that part, I think there's that reminds me another of another scene in this episode. Maybe it was a little bit earlier, but Boimer says, "Hey, th- this is the NCC seventeen oh one dash." He kind of pauses right there, and then Una or someone else, Ortega says, what do you mean, "What's after the dash?" Yeah. You know, so that's <laughs> that was right,
0: that's right. Yeah. He had to catch himself because by his time period, there would have already been uh, A through E. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was that. I thought that was good. But, um, so they get, uh, they get, they get the material, they make it into what it needs to be. They take it and they make it, it looks like this little ball or something. They take it back down to the planet. And when they <laughs> arrive, the Orion's are there waiting <laughs> for them. And then Pike basically says something in the effect, you know, he does his diplomacy empathy thing and says, you know, uh, you know, in exchange for letting us use the portal, we will tell everybody that it was first discovered by Orion scientists right. yes. and the the leader of those Orions. He's like, that's all I've ever wanted or whatever. And so, um, that changes history a little bit. Uh, and so because of that, they're able to use a portal and then, and then Mariner and, and Boimler are able to get back to their animated version of the future. Yeah. Uh, and then, but then we get at the end i thought it was it was great by the way the opening credits were also for this episode were also animated versus yes. the normal way which yes. was interesting um but then at the very end we get all of the strange new worlds cast all animated yeah which was kind of a fun little little thing they did uh and then they're drinking those orion hurricanes again and one of them says well, they're they're like they're like are, are, does anybody feel different? Like Ortega's is like, do my eyes look huge? And Spock's like, yeah, my arm doesn't normally do this thing, and it's like all <laughs> this like wavy stuff, and that that was really funny. And then I love the very last line where Doctor mbenga says, uh "What the hell is this, or in this, or whatever?" And <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. So that was a as cute a whole, yeah, yeah, as a whole, I would say the episode was 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 fun it was definitely lighthearted. it was fun that it had it had some good moments though i would say the moment with pelia and 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 boimler was good the um the the kind of a little bit of a heartbreaking moment with chapel and boimler in the in the the turbo lift mm-hmm. um the the moment with pike where you learn about his relationship with his father or lack thereof and and just this idea of recognizing this you know taking advantage of of the time that you do have um but overall it it was a fun episode um what are, what are your just overall thoughts of of this as a whole
1: i do think it was it was innovative it was fun it had a, a a lot of those you know under the surface meanings of um enjoying the present um and being thankful for those around you and then um and then also um acknowledging the people that are around you and and knowing that hey they appreciate you being here right and so um there's there's a lot of that of that like enjoy the present and make the most of the the moments that you have so i think that, that that was good i enjoyed boimer and mariner coming in because they had a whole lot of different energy that was interjected into the episode um so that was cool um, some of my favorite parts are um, with una uh, because boimer has a in a poster of una i think in his locker or someone uh, does yeah. someone does right yep and so does, yep. yeah uh una's like doesn't want to hear anything about it but you know she's like <laughs> i thought I, I, I thought that was funny like she's his she's his hero um this episode I, when i think about it in context of the other episodes in season two i felt um i did feel like well this was to me a little bit out of place um and i'm sure other people will have different feelings too which is which is totally fine it felt like um I didn't make a comparison like this would be like a standalone one-off um similar to like doctor who has its christmas specials right so these christmas specials would be not really related to anything that had been happening in the season at all but would be like this kind of great family uh, kind of special thing that stood on its own and it was completely separate that's what i felt um and i felt like hey this could be like a holiday special and they could lean more into that um mm. like a and make it a feel-good thing um rather than um you know it was released right now and may and it could have been maybe they were think of that you know because they they filmed this a while ago maybe that's what they were thinking and they hadn't decided when it was going to be released um and but, someone made a decision to like, hey, let's release this now. Um, so, so that's where I feel like, hey, if they would have leaned into this being more of a holiday one-off, and kind of leaned into those feel-good things, um, and make it a crossover with, um, lower decks, I think. I think I would even, uh, I would appreciate it and I'd like it more, uh, but being released when it was released, released now, made me feel like. Okay, um, is this to kind of generate more interest in lower decks? You know, to to go like watch that, um, which maybe took me out of the momentum of where the season was going. If you know, so those are kind of my 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 thoughts my thoughts about it. As a one off, I think if I go back, uh, six months from now, and I just watch this as a one off, I'm actually gonna enjoy it more. Um, hmm. but in context of like, hey, how I'm following the season right now kind of took me out.
0: How gotcha. about you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a fun episode. Um, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really excited to watch it just because mm-hmm. I haven't watched basically anything of Strange New of uh, Lower Decks, and so I was like, well, you know am i am i going to be lost in fact when they actually made the announcement before i think even the season came out they made an announcement that there was going to be a lower decks strange new worlds crossover and i was like uh really i haven't seen strange new or uh, lower decks i i just i don't know is it going to be you know is it going to be real hokey and campy and just kind of out of place and what what's it going to do and so i had my reservations um having and even going into it watching it today i had my reservations yeah but I will say, I thought it was tastefully done. Yeah, Like, there was a nice mix of the animated with the live action. And I thought that instead of it just being all, you know, funny, duddy, you know, uh, kind of Lower Decks-esque style, they had some touching moments. Yeah. They had some good moments in it. And so I thought that was good, too, that they did that. Um. So overall, though, I would kind of agree with you. It it doesn't it doesn't exactly feel like maybe it fits right now, but I Mm -hmm. will say with as heavy as absolutely heavy as the next episode is, I guess it kind of makes sense to put it here because you get a little bit more of a lighthearted episode before you get hit with a sledgehammer. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's how I Mm kind of how I felt in this next episode um, under a cloak of war. So. If you look at it that way maybe it makes a little more sense um this episode was released early uh i believe they released it early at san diego comic-con and then it went out on paramount plus or something like, like that so it came out it did not come out on a thursday i think it came out on over over the san diego comic-con weekend um but uh but yeah it was um it was released early
1: gotcha so yeah gotcha Yeah, no, those are good thoughts. Those are those are good thoughts. Yeah. And And we have
0: time travel again. We we we've had a lot of time travel in Star Trek. I thought this was a fun, unique take on time travel. Yeah. Um, a little bit. And it was interesting to see. And it was also what was also present in the episode was the idea of traveling back in time and messing up the past which would then in turn mess up the future. Right. And so you get a time paradox. And I, I know a lot of us are big, big time travel fans and we like those those shows and time travel is a tricky, tricky thing to do. Um, It really, it really is. Um, It's really tricky because if you don't do it right, uh, things aren't going to mess match up continuity. I mean, it, it's, there's a lot of things that go into making a, a time travel movie or TV show and, and it not being good if you don't do it correctly.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you will completely uh, lose people, lose the audience, and lose all continuity, right? If you do it, um, if you do it, not good.
0: Yeah, when there when there's continuity gaps and there's plot gaps and everything because of the time travel, that's when people are just gonna go, "Oh yeah, this is garbage. I'm done." Mm-hmm. So I thought that they did a good job, and I, I love the callbacks. I loved the callbacks to Enterprise. I thought that was great. Um, I, I I just I, I I'm I think we're starting to see more enterprise callbacks in star trek which is fantastic um and being that we're in strange new worlds in the era that we're in they're not that far removed from enterprise they're like 100 years removed yeah so it's not that far you know what i mean um there there's it's like for us i mean it's 2000 it's like 1923 yeah this is 2023 by the time of this recording so 1923 it does seem like forever ago, but we're not that far removed where we couldn't we're not we're not still referencing things from 100 years ago or stuff like that. So um, very, yeah, very interesting episode. Um, I I I'll be honest with you, it actually does pique my interest more to say, you know what, I need to go back and I need to give Lower Decks a fair shake. I need to go mm-hmm. back and actually sit down and watch it. The episodes aren't that long you know, I did 20 minutes or something like that. So then go back and watch it and you can, you can get through, you can buzz through episodes really fast because one thing I have seen from, from other Trekkies that they've mentioned mm-hmm. is that lower decks does it has a ton of Easter eggs all, all over the place. It's set in 2380. So we know it's, you know, uh, at the time that it, you know, came out because it came out before Picard did right. The first season of lower decks, I believe was out before Picard season one. So it was, took place right after nemesis so you didn't have the, the the events of picard right but everything in trek you know backwards was was up for grabs as far as easter eggs and and um um you know callbacks and stuff and i've heard there is a massive amount of easter eggs so i'm really curious to go and watch it now and try to spot as many of the easter eggs as i can
1: if i recall Nana visitor was was it lower decks that she was in Yep, we'll she yep.
0: reprised her character. Uh, uh she reply. Repi- yeah, Why wow, yeah. She yeah. reprised her role of Major Kira. That's right. Uh, actually, I think she'd be Colonel Kira in Lower Decks, and then um also Armin Shimmerman reprised his role as Quark. Okay. But the good thing for him was he didn't have to put on all the makeup this time and have that big, you know, helmet on to to be Quark. He could just do it with his voice.
1: Much easier. Which thought, work,
0: yeah. What? Yeah, which I'm sure he he loved not having to do all that that. <laughs> three, four, whatever our makeup. Um, so uh, yeah, there's a lot of callbacks. There's a, s- quite a few Star Trek actors who appear in lower decks, either as other characters or as their own characters in animated form. Okay. So definitely something we'll have to go, go and watch. I, I've definitely, definitely piqued my interest some more to say, yeah, I know I need to see lower decks and this is a good excuse to maybe jump into it. And um, I, I think once strange new worlds ends and we're done with our episode by episode review to give me an opportunity to go jump through it and, and kind of, you know, binge it
1: now at the be- at near the beginning of this episode, there was a scene where Boimer is like, there's the saddle. And Bo- yeah, you know, right? in,
0: in, and, in Pike's ready room.
1: Yeah. in Pike's ready room. And Boimer, Boimer like gets on the saddle and he says, he says, oh, Riker says something. So he says that Riker as he gets on the saddle. And I have no oh. idea what that was about.
0: I know what this is about, and I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So I, I watched a clip from the Ready Room interview they did yeah. with uh, – I think it's is Jack Quaid, the actor, the voice actor of Boomer, and, and also Jonathan Frakes was on it because he directed this episode. Yeah. And, and he mentioned about what they call the Riker Maneuver. The Riker Maneuver was because in TNG, the way Riker would always sit down in a chair. He would always yes. leap one foot leg over the other as if he were getting on a saddle. Yes. So there was always this, like, you know, if you're watching me, the the Riker Maneuver where he's going to sit down. um, Okay. The way he sat down in chairs, it it was always called the Riker Maneuver. And uh, so that was an homage to that. I don't know if that was Jonathan Frakes' idea as a director or if that was the, the creators, writers who wanted to do that, but I thought it was cool. That was
1: cool. Okay. Go if you go,
0: just go YouTube, Chris. Go YouTube the Riker Maneuver and watch that there's like montages of all the bunch of times of him just sitting down over and over and over again. And you'll <laughs> see exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Okay. Very good. Yeah.
0: So but yeah, this this episode was fun. This this was good. Uh the next episode we review, which will be episode number seven, uh which is called um Under the Cloak Under of War. Under the Is that what uh it yeah, something like that. Yeah. The next episode is is really, really, in my opinion, it's really, really heavy. Okay. Um, Under the cloak of war is the name of it. Episode number seven, and it is heavy. Uh, it is going to be. It's intense, and it's it's going to be. It's going to be a real, real deep, deep conversation we have with this one. Okay. So, um, I, I, it was nice to have a little bit of a light. -hearted episode before we dive into the next episode and and get deep on some of these topics and some of these issues and some of the things that are brought up and um I'm gonna try to do my best to to pause as I go uh when I watch it again pause as I go through it and and actually write down the lines because there's so many lines that are just like bam right to the chest that you know they're real real powerful real real tense real heavy lines that I I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Gotcha. It'll be
1: good. I look forward to talking it, talking through it with you. Yeah, thinking through it with you. I think we'll yeah. have to think through this one.
0: Oh yeah. We were going to have to think through this one. Yep. We're going to have some, some real tough conversations, I think about what goes on here. And uh, so um, with that being said, uh, we appreciate all you watching all over the interwebs and the globe and listening to us um, as well on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, thank you as always be sure to stay tuned for our next review because it's going to get real heavy and if you guys like our really deep dive heavy reviews this is going to be one for the books i can guarantee you that um and so uh, but this was fun it was, it, we've had a couple really lighthearted episodes this this season between between charades and this i think we had a couple really nice you know reprieves from the heaviness as you've said before chris
1: yes yes maybe we can ask um we do animated versions of ourselves maybe some um we do we already have that oh yes we do We already have animated versions.
0: Yes. 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 Uh, Rihanna heard from, uh, um, the Dura sisters Uh, podcast was kind enough to, to make us into animated versions wearing red shirts. So um, we'll have to add those on. Um, but, but yeah, so thank you everybody. So much as always for, for watching, listening, uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram and follow us there. So you can get all of our latest updates and um, episode announcements and we will see you next time. Or Talk to you next time right (laughs) here on the Random Redshirt Podcast.